Hello everyone, this is a surprise bonus um, mini-sode of <laughs> Backlisted. And, uh, <laughs> and um, we are uh, uh, we are joined uh, at the kitchen table of Unbound by uh, Stuart Evers. Hello Stuart. Hello there. And Lisa Evans. Hello. And we've just been recording literally hours of material <laughs> for the next Laying episode. down track after <laughs> Track after track. It's Next like it's like the basement tapes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the basement tapes. Slightly less sober. Yeah. So, but we have a rare. But we have a rare. Please don't start me off. So we have a rare opportunity here. I talked a couple of podcasts ago about the novel Lincoln and the Bardo by George. Saunders, I said uh, on that episode that first of all I really loved uh, the novel, that I thought it was a masterpiece and that I also felt in my former bookseller role that it was going to be a big hit, right? All the indications were that it was going to be a big hit. Well, here we are a month later, the book went to number one in the New York Times bestseller list. My colleague, John Mitchinson, has now had time to read it. But as luck would have it, as we realised that both of our guests, Evers and Evans, yes. <laughs> have, very good. have also read Lincoln in the Bardo. So I am going... You, you listeners know my feelings about Lincoln in the Bardo uh, and about George Saunders. I'm going to hand to my colleague, John Mitchinson, and say, John, did you enjoy Lincoln in the Bardo? Uh, not only did I enjoy it, Andy, I fully, fully join you in my belief that it is... It is um, overused word masterpiece but it's, I've read two contemporary novels in the last 12 months that have totally blown me away and made me rethink what fiction is capable of doing one was Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railway yes. and the I second the second was Lincoln and the Bardo by George Saunders and, and like you perhaps and we're about to find out I'm struggling a little bit to think why anybody who loves fiction and loves storytelling and loves <laughs> and loves the possibility of the novel wouldn't say, yo, George, you've knocked it out of the park. I mean, I thought it was, as you know, very funny, very clever, very moving, and I couldn't put it down. So that, that, that to me, is fairly straightforward. Mm, yeah, However, that, that, that would be I'm, I've become aware that there are other readers <laughs> who, who, have not, not so much. who have had a different experience when reading this novel. And two of them, I believe, are with us. Who would two, like people, to... <laughs> two people, it has to be said, who's whose opinions we feel, you know, we're, we're, these are not, um, we've not pulled in readers off the street here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we've pulled in people who we feel connected to on a very deep level. I mean, these are, these are people who, who are, if, if Lisa Evans told me to read something, I would read it. If Stuart Evers told me to read something, I would read it. So, guys, over to you. I thought it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll go along with that. I mean, I, I, it's a very quick read, obviously, because uh, you know, because it's 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 in dialogue. A lot of it is in play form, although it's set out as if it's not in play form. It is essentially a play. There's probably only about twenty thousand words in it. You whip through it, and it's very readable, and I enjoyed it. But to say that it's bringing literature several steps forward is extraordinary. It's it, it's an experiment, and it, you know, it's 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 quite a good experiment. But it's just a step sideways. It's not going to change literature as we know it. And I thought it was readable, it was moving in parts, I felt it was touch sentimental, and I thought the end was unbelievably sugary. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, so I would like to go on record as saying that I enjoyed it too, but I do, and I, I think this is an issue that I shouldn't be swayed, and a reader, one should not be swayed by the critical reaction to something. But I think it's when you have people that you really care about and people you 
people's opinions that you really care about and they are saying masterpiece and, and the rest of it that, that perhaps um, you need to uh, that, that I, I do feel like stepping back and recoiling slightly and, hmm. um, and but it's important to say that I do think it's a good book and I really enjoyed it and it's excellently done however I have several issues with the book one of which is genuinely about whether it's really needs to be a novel what I often consider about a great novel is that it can only be told one way that the that a great novel needs to exist only in one form it couldn't be done in another way so if you read paradise by tony morrison or um as i lay dying by by faulkner they, they feel like they can only ever be done one way or ulysses being being a fantastic example or mrs dalloway and i feel that this book has been cobbled together from various different things and at the heart of it is one central image and that central image, which is inescapable and so wonderfully, brilliantly put together, is, is Lincoln with his son. His son mm-hmm. in the mausoleum, dead. his dead son holding it right. And that image is impossible to get away from. Yeah. Like, once that's in your head, it, it, you, you can't get that out of your head. It, it is utterly, beautifully, incredibly done. But to me, the novel is trying to create a, an apparatus and a structure and some kind of scaffolding around this particular image, like a persistence of an image. And what he's done is he's tried to cobble together... What it feels like to me is... You know, cobble together makes it sound uh, less good than it actually is. But what he's trying to do is to construct a novel around this particular um, particular image. And I don't think that the, the structural apparatus around it um, is as good as this particular image so i also have a problem with the fact that it's clearly written as a play i mean you know in the proof copy that i've got in the back it actually has a, an explanation where he says it started life as a play and which you can you can definitely see mm. but on a play when you've got and they've just uh, they've just sold the film rights as well so we, we will see this um, no <laughs> it's just, unfilmable but i don't think i don't think it is because 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 what's happened is that we got you've got the flip the flip side of this where when you're writing a play you don't have to worry about things like description of what people look like how they speak or anything particularly like that because it's all done mm. in the dialogue. But what Saunders has to do in, in this, because he understands the way that it's set out, that the, um, you get the bit of text and then underneath you get the name. But most people tend to skip the small caps underneath. So, yes, so, yes, so, so what happens is when you're reading it, Saunders has to, and he, he realises this, that he has to give visual clues or semantic clues to prove that you're reading a different person. Um, so well, a lot of the voices are actually quite similar in lots and lots of ways because they're of a particular time, etc. So he has to come up with ways to make them different. So in, you know, like on a stage, you'll see people, and there's like there's the woman with the hat, there's the ghost with the um, uh, still in their sick box or whatever it is. Um, but he has to give them semantic or, or, or visual clues. So there's the one who swears a lot with the lines through the swear words, which is, you know, um, kind of fine, but, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not, I don't, it doesn't really do it for, for me personally. Um, then there's the way that Willie's um, uh, narrative bits are done like kind of E.E. E. Cummings um, poetry. So, so it's kind of cut up bits. So you know that that's Willie before you even get to his name at the bottom. Um, you've got the, um, the, the woman who, for some reason, speaks phonetically, whereas nobody else does. 
um, for no reason whatsoever. So when she says question, it's spelled Q-W-E-S-T-O-N, which you're, I, I guess you're supposed to think this person is, is, is less educated than the others, but, but if you're listening to the voices, then obviously they would all be phonetic, or they're either all phonetic or they're not. There doesn't seem to be a real reason why there is. And I think this is not to take away from a, a, you know, a, a fantastic work of fiction and a, and a, and a brilliant, um, brilliant central plank on which this, this book is, is placed. But I think to call it a masterpiece um, papers over some of its, its definite issues. And what I think is happening is that by the end of it, you're so kind of overwhelmed by the whole, the holistic grandeur of it, that actually you're forgiving it for some of its stuff that... Well, that, that is a really good point. Okay, it's time now for an advert. That's a good point, but I would might like counter to that. I, I don't disagree with a lot of that. No, actually. absolutely. But one's appreciation of a book is often determined, I think, by one's enjoyment in the book. Yeah. yeah. And what you would refer to as papering over, <laughs> I felt one of the great strengths of the book is this enormous propulsive energy of it, that the rhythm of it that bounces between the dialogues as they go along, the, the people speaking, is enough to create a kind of momentum that, as listen, which clearly didn't work for you, whereby I felt myself carried along on this sort of wave of invention, linguistic invention. And therefore, when you were saying about the one character who speaks in the particular way she does, for me, that totally worked. I didn't have any problem with that because it's about creating that variety of voices and variety of things to look at when you read. Uh, space, shape, you know, all those things that push you through a book I, that aren't just about consistency. But I, I think that some of this is down to the fact that... Um, and I've, I've had lots of... <laughs> private conversation because this, because this is a you know as much as there can be a controversial issue or controversial stance on a on a novel these days um, <laughs> um, being being not for Bald Lincoln and the Bardo yeah, yeah. Um, people love it and I don't want to stop yeah, people yeah, that is, you know, that's, that's why thing, we yeah. wanted people yeah. to hear us talking about it yeah. I mean, because I, it's I, so I, exciting to have a novel that yes. people feel oh, Stu and I really yeah. enjoyed it let, let me, you know yeah. I think there's a thing that happens with a book, which is in really, to me, it's really interesting. Is that you, that 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 strangeness, that difficulty, that kind of oddness, that sense of you, 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 you the fall, the floor falling away from under your feet. Sometimes that's the thing that makes something really, really work for you. But sometimes, if you've kind of, if you sort of felt, I don't know, it's 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 almost. A, what I felt with it was that I thought this was a book that was so audacious in its ability to, to mix humour with seriousness, to, to, to be formally inventive. And I'm not, I, I don't, I mean, if you ask me, does it all work? I, I think probably it doesn't all work. But it's, it's, it's interesting that, that both of you have had that thing. Is it at a certain point you, you decided that it, you, you couldn't quite buy into the, you couldn't quite buy into what, what, what he was doing. And I completely respect that, because that's, what, that's what's interesting to me about, about fiction, is that there are, you know, there are novels that push, that, that push at the boundary of things. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, John, but there's all this stuff about pushing at the boundaries. For me, 
it's just a bit of trickiness doing that. And I think it could have been a greater novel if it had been done in prose as novels are. And for me, it's like half a play jammed together with some beautiful mm. prose. I mean, I, he writes beautifully. I'm not disputing it. But for me, it's like a party trick. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, yeah. I, I, when I read a novel, you know... <coughs> Oh, I don't no, know, I'm getting no, a bit yeah, squeaky. Yeah, no, 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 I think, you know, the, the amazing thing is, I kind of understand your point of view completely. That is amazing. <laughs> but, but I think, yeah. but I think that this comes back to, to what I was saying about the feeling like it's wearing a set of clothes rather than the actual book that it could have been. So particularly when in the early sections, which did rub me up a little bit the wrong way with the <laughs> historical sources mixed with the fictional historical sources telling you this and I was like do some work you know write this if, if you need to, if you if you want to write this then write it and you know you can you're allowed to have the, the ghosts are fine I mean like if you if you if that's what you want to do but it, it didn't feel to me like he truly inhabited what he wanted from this as a book and Lisa, I, I, I think that's... Yes, what you're, I, I, yeah. I think, I, yeah. yeah. You said very eloquently well, what I was thinking. Thank you. Well, listen, <laughs> thanks very much. Uh, you should still read it. That's, really? that's, 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 that's Lincoln in the Bardo is available incredibly from Bloomsbury. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, other, that's fiction, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and uh, other novels are available. <laughs> You can choose to listen to Backlisted with or without adverts. If you prefer to listen to it without adverts, you can join us on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Backlisted, where you also get bonus content of two episodes of Locklisted, the podcast where we talk about the books and films and music that we've been listening to over the last uh, couple of weeks.